de Jonathan Sexton Welcome along to the build-up here on Ball in association with Ladbrokes, where we look ahead to every sporting weekend with excitement levels that would rival a dog in a bone shop. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe to Ball Study Podcasts on all good podcast apps. This week we've got the small case of the All-Ireland Hurling Final between Kilkenny and Tipperary, while the Premier League is back in full swing. My name is Mark Farley, and as always, I am joined by producer Mick. Mick, what's the form? How are you, Mark? I'm not pretty bad. good. Enjoyed last weekend watching the sport, watching all of the various uh, games and events on with a kind of a different eye than I normally did with the with this podcast behind us, and felt very knowledgeable. I have to say, it's weird to say we were more excited. Having had, had we had we suitably built up all of our anticipation for all the different sporting events. Absolutely, yeah. I've, I don't think I've ever watched an Ireland rugby match where I really wanted the other team not to get hammered, but <laughs> that was definitely the case there. So that was a bit different, but uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, it definitely, it definitely made my, 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 you know, cast my eye a little bit wider than usual while I was sitting at home on my couch on a Saturday, or away as I actually was this weekend, and really rudely looking at my phone a lot of the time as um, my uh, wife and friends <laughs> sort of uh, pretended it was no big deal. <laughs> That's always the way. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be able to do the same thing for you again this week. Uh, later on in the show, we'll be joined by Maris Brosnan, who will preview the All-Ireland Hurling Final with a couple of tips as well. He had a very successful week uh, last week. We'll also be chatting about the Premier League, fancy football tips. We'll have our big shout. We'll uh, be getting hyped about some other sporting event that the other I'm, I'm in charge of that this week. So both Mick and Maris having a clue what I'm about to talk about. But uh, I'm going to be getting you suitably hyped for that one. But first of all, before we get into any of that, Mick, I think we need to take a couple of minutes just to look back and see, did we actually make a fool of ourselves with everything we predicted last week? Yes, Mark, we did not make a fool of ourselves. Like, That's first. Will we be looking back on anger most weeks? More than likely. But I look, I was very, as I mentioned, watching the games at the weekend, very pleasantly surprised. And when I went back and actually looked, you know, forensically at what we did, um, very very impressed now look we have some long-term bets that we made um in the premier league especially i'll talk about them in a few minutes and how they're getting on nothing's gonna be win or loss in the first day of the season mark but um in our more one-off bets we had eight of them i'm taking the big shout out of this the big shout's always going to have it's almost like a separate pot yeah and if we win it's a bonus so the eight ones that we actually looked at the eight things that we we or other people who were guests on the pod suggested we did very, very well. So we started off where Stephen Ferris, former Ireland uh, international Ulster legend, suggested that there was no chance that Italy were not going to were going to be beaten by more than twenty five points. Italy plus twenty five. He took. We won that. That was five to six. Now, in my head, I thought that we had also said that Australia plus eleven was a great bet against New Zealand. Of course, Australia went on and won this game forty seven twenty six. Listening back, though, I do realise that Stephen said that he couldn't see any way <laughs> in which Australia were going to win the game and actually thought that New Zealand was uh, minus 11 was actually a decent bet. So, unfortunately, we're down on that Did one. Did you suggest something, though, about Australia? 
initially I think you had said that uh, New Zealand weren't in great form. Yeah. And you're trying to argue, maybe this is even off air to me, they're trying yeah. to argue a case for Australia. You, I that's was. That's how you actually framed the question to Stephen. You're like, eh, but Australia are useless, basically. But Unfortunately, it was rejected. We can't, if, we, if yeah. we're going to get people to trust us here, we can't play both sides of the same coin <laughs> or else we could say, look, you know, I think United are going to win 2-0, but they could lose 2-0 as well, Mark. Uh, so I'm just trying to suggest that you might know more now, about rugby than Stephen. Well, look, yeah. I mean, I think that's clear. <laughs> <laughs> Lee bullshit. Um, okay, look. Now, here's where we made our few quid, right? Because the GEA, we had Morris in. We did this kind of together, but mainly him, right? Three wins out of four here. This was, we were flying here, okay? So, Dublin Dublin Mayo, under 39.5 points. Morris made a great case for it. Of course, the game ended 314 to 110. That's 36 points. That's a win. Here's the big one. Nine to two, this was. Mayo to lead at halftime. Dublin to win at full time. The whole country knows exactly, that's exactly what happened. That's another big win, 9-2. Then we had over 37.5 points for Kerry and Tyrone. 118 to 18 points is how many points, Mark? 39. I won't make you do the maths in your head. That's another win. You didn't even give me a chance. <laughs> I know, but I was figuring you would just be doing maths in your head on a podcast and didn't think it was the best thing to, <laughs> to leave it for. You threw in uh, really kind of glibly, I would say, Maddie Donnelly to score a goal at any time at 4-1. to one. That didn't come off. That's our first loss in a while here. Um, it and was then, my first prediction. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking that away from you. But don't worry, I'm going to look myself in the mirror as well because I hyped up uh, Ipswich and Sunderland this week, uh, last week. And look, you know, I hope you got hyped about it. I hope you enjoyed it. A one-all draw is not the worst thing in the world. But I kind of stupidly jumped in two-footed two with two bets for that. And one of them was Ipswich to win 17-10. to 10. They took the lead but didn't win. And I thought there'd be more than 2.5 goals. There was, unfortunately, only yeah. two goals. To so they fair, were two I mean, losses. You hadn't the foggiest going into that. I don't know what you were even doing, suggesting any of that things. So you didn't know a thing about it. I wanted to get hyped about it. Yeah, you got to get hyped. But, but I don't need to tip. We need to get these hypes with a pinch of salt that we're just... Generally, these are going to be things that we haven't been paying enough attention to to actually give any sort of educated <laughs> <laughs> advice on. And I don't think you did, to be fair. But so don't be too yeah. harsh on yourself. Okay, but I, I'm going to count them as losses because... We have done very well here because if we were to go in here with... We have say, done very well yesterday, yeah? Yeah. If we were to go in here with €100 Euro per bet, right? Say we were given an imaginary €800 Euro to start off for those yeah. eight bets by Ladbrooks, we would have come out with €1,389. Euro. That is a €589 Euro profit for us to start the year with. We're jumping into that. Every bet will be an imaginary 100 euro. We don't actually have any money, so we won't be putting on this in real life. And we don't suggest that you put on that that amount of money either. That's way, way too much. Keep your betting friendly and fun. But uh, just so you know, doing very well. We're close to doubling our money. If we have another good week this week, we'll have have started doubled our money in two weeks. Also, I'll be banging down the door of Labrooks to cash out on Brighton to finish above Southampton and Bournemouth after they'll win on the first day of the season. I don't know what point you can cash that out on. Yeah. (laughs) Well, one one game into it. Exactly, yeah. So I had Brighton to be relegated, uh, which doesn't look good now after winning 3-0. And alongside them, we both had Burnley to be relegated. And that doesn't look too good after they won 3-0. They're sixth again, aren't they? Yeah, I I, I think so. I think so. At least Newcastle lost, I suppose. Uh, just looking at some other ones, Villa to finish in the top half, 4-1. to one. I don't think we're any the wiser on that as we were after they led and then lost to Tottenham. Uh, Leicester to finish in the top six. You know, good game against Wolves, nil all, 4-1. to one. think we're probably none the wiser on that as well. That's a long way to go. And Arsenal, 7-5 to five to finish in the top four. 
Arsenal, a lot of players to come back for Arsenal. Yeah. They haven't kept a clean sheet away from home in about 12 and a half years, and they did this weekend. So that's a good start. And they still have at least two, of, uh, or if not three people, uh, three players in the back but four let's, to come let's in. Let's also let the record show that I was the one who said Arsenal would finish in the top four. Mick suggested that Chelsea would. That we and won't Chelsea, mention Chelsea now. Frank Lampard might not make the weekend. <laughs> uh, well, let's see what happens in the Super Cup say, tonight. Let's, yeah. let's see what happens when we're going to move on to this weekend's action. We've got... A lot of interest in Premier League ties coming up this week, Mick. There's been there's big games nearly every week for the first few weeks, and this week's is undoubtedly Manchester City against Spurs. This we're all hoping for a re, a, a, re, uh, a rehash of the second leg of the Champions League last year, but I don't know. I can't see this. I think it's going to be a cagey affair. I think it's going to be an early season type game. Nobody wants to give anything away, but probably either team will probably be happy with the draw. But I can see Man City winning this one just about. Yeah, that's what I have as well. I mean, we're going to do the one, two, three in a minute, and I'll explain to you like my scoreline. But you know, it was four three at the Etihad in the Champions League second leg in the semi final last year. The other three games between the two of them earlier on this year or, or last season was City one nil at the Etihad in the league. Spurs 1-0 at, I don't know if it was Wembley or Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in, uh, the, Champions, in the Champions League. And City 1-0 then in, um, at Spurs as well in the Premier League. All 1-0. Not like mad lunatic affairs like when you were, I was trying to cook my dinner and kept having to run in insanely to the screams of my wife to see what had happened when goals just kept going in in, in the first strange, five minutes. In a strange way, both of us watched that game and both of us missed the first five goals. <laughs> But I only missed about 10 issue. minutes. Yeah, every time I kept walking out, I go in and go, with a show replay of a goal, I go in to stir the spaghetti bolognese or whatever it was. And next thing you go, oh, a goal, a goal from the other room. You go back and go, what's happened? So See, hopefully it's Do you know what the problem is there? We're too modern. Why yeah. were the two men out making the dinner and the two women in watching the football? That's 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 not something I'm even going to respond to. We need to go podcast, back 40 years. <laughs> we need to get out of this hole very quickly, Mick. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I, I'm kind of annoyed here because I thought I was going to be the the Oracle at the Delphi stroking my uh, Fabian my Delphi long, my long, that the Fabian Delphi stroking my long beard going yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my prediction for this game uh, as we said 1-2-3 is going to be coming up later on which is uh, your chance to win 100 euro cash on labrooks.com by correctly predicting the score of the three Premier League matches they picked from this weekend but the first one up will be Man City against Spurs and I think Man City is going to win this 1-0 and it was a hunch I had, and your stats have only further further uh, provided argument for my uh, call. Yeah, so we'll do that now. Like we'll we'll skip this game when we get to one to three or gloss over. I'm going to go for two 0 just because I think that City will wear Spurs down. Spurs won't have been that happy with the majority of their performance against Villa at the weekend. They're still kind of replenishing the squad. They've got players coming back. You had Sons out, Deli Ali is out, Ericsson's just coming back into the team. You don't although he changed the game against Philly, you still don't know exactly where his head at. He could be sold at any point as well. That's another thing. Um a few other new signings still to come back in, except for um Endumbele. Is that Endumbele. his name? He is he's a class act, I think. Yeah. He was a little bit quiet, but even his goal and just like a few little bits and pieces that he did in that game just looks amazing. But City 
already firing on full cylinders. Like they were insanely good against One West of the Ham. Like we didn't mention it there uh, in the look back was that you had talked. We both had mentioned it. We're looking at the odds of Rodri to get Player of the Year before forty the, to one. By the yeah, way, yeah. Start of the season. That's and one uh, of our long term bets. That's in the dock. Yeah, he and he uh, got into Alan Shearer's <laughs> team of the week. That's what I read there earlier. If he does that thirty seven more times. You can't argue with his player of the year credential. Exactly. You're and going for one nil. Sorry, go on. I've just I just wanted to talk about as well in terms of fancy football. A lot of us were I think both myself and yourself were bitten by uh, Bernardo Silva, one of the best players in Premier League last year. Doesn't even get starting in this. Doesn't even get zero points. Absolutely rubbish. But, but it that shows just, you the strength yeah. they have. And he could play this weekend, and who'll drop? You know, one of them will drop. David Silva will drop out or something like that. And oh, they're just unbelievable. You got like Phil Foden pushing for a place this year. Like all these guys. Is this going to be even worse than last season? I think they uh, could have. City and Liverpool just running away from everybody. If you look at the start Liverpool had as well, I know Norwich got a goal in the second half, but like this could be, this is already looking like a two horse race and we're only at the start of the first weekend. What price would Ladbrokes give me? I'm not sure I'm going to be able to find this on City getting 114 points. I don't know. That's 38 wins. Is it? He did some quick maths. That's that's why maths is wrong, yeah. Uh, I think it is. Uh, yeah, no, it is. It's it's thirty eight wins to be one hundred and fourteen points. I don't think they will. But I don't think they will either. But I, I do. You know what? If it was a hundred to one, I'd put a euro on it. Yeah. I don't know if it's a hundred to one though. You're going for one nil. That's fifteen to two on Ladbrokes. I'm going for two nil, six to one. Yeah, and I've got. They're my, not too far off each other actually. Are my they? one nil, and also my one nil is really only for the one two three. If I was looking at anything in this game, what caught my eye, and it works for both of us, Mick. Is Man City to win and there to be under two point five goals in the game, which is sixteen to five. Okay. Right, so okay. We, yeah. we both this is one of those weird things where we're we're all in agreement here. Oh, really. No, okay. So this is a this is our first now that we realise we're doing official bets and not just an official picks and not just what we talked about last week. <laughs> now suddenly I feel under a lot of pressure. Yeah, this is a cons- we've reached a, cons- a consensus. We need a consensus dong yeah. every time. <laughs> so this is our first one. So City to win and under two point five. Okay. This is my prediction. This is our prediction. Our prediction, exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. no real other football to talk about this week, though, is there? Ah, uh, there's a bit. Ah, uh, what? There's a few. Uh, well, Chelsea and Leicester City, I want to talk about, because having predicted that Man or that Chelsea will would beat Man United 1-0 last weekend, I've now gone... I don't know what happened to me. I think what happened was that I felt I was being a little bit too harsh on Frank Lampard and my campaign, campaign against him as a completely biased Leeds fan <laughs> and uh, constantly calling him a coward around the office and shouting at him to stop crying. Um, and maybe that I went too far in the other direction and then thought I needed to to big up Chelsea for uh, no particular reason other than to sort of, uh, what's the word, stroke away my own guilt. Yeah. Uh, this weekend I'm going the opposite. I think Leicester City are going to beat Chelsea. I've said it here. Oh, now. I've been. I've been a big. On, I've been a big proponent of Leicester. Uh, I love how you know Brendan, deluded, deluded Brendan. <laughs> he like, <laughs> sometimes these parody Twitter accounts come up about people, and they actually sort of enhance your uh, feelings towards the real person. And I think deluded Brendan Twitter account has done that for Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> I love him more than ever. And like that Leicester team, they play some nice football. They've got some lovely players. Like 
They've lost Harry Maguire, but Pereira was brilliant at the weekend. Yeah. He's a, he's a, you can see already that Pereira is going to go to a top four club for ninety million next summer. It's just <laughs> <laughs> if there was odds on that, <laughs> that's written in the stars. United will buy Pereira uh, and use Harry Maguire as a make weight in the deal and yeah, send him back exactly. to Leicester. Yeah, uh, or he'd be going. You know, he's he'd be the the Phil Jones person then, trying to be like levied in all these different types of transfers. Uh, you've got Tielemans obviously up front. How you love Tielemans? I do. You never stop banging on about him. It's because of football manager. He's been a football manager wonder kid for about 10 years. He's won me more Premier League titles than uh, Alex Ferguson has in his entire career. That Tielmans, I'm telling you. He, uh, and then obviously everybody seems to be all in on Perez. I don't know if he was that good at the weekend, but he's probably going to take a while to settle in. They've got so many, like Madison, no one ever talks about him. Vard, the only problem I have with Leicester at the minute is Vardy's getting a little old. Um, yeah. So will he, you know, when does he start to lo- lose that yard of pace? Other than that, like Chilwell's a very good player as well. Uh, Ian Acho, I'm starting to my love I, Ian Acho was another Tielmans once he I was I argued at the time that he was more valuable than Marcus Rashford because he was just doing it constantly for City and nobody was talking about him because he was a he was a Man City player bit part player I still Rashford. haven't forgiven him for being missing that chance against City in at the end of the Premier League yeah. season last year like yeah last, once he went to Leicester I thought he was light things up and it hasn't really caught fire from yet but it's still there's still time he's a young lad uh, but anyway uh, He's surprisingly think, young, actually. Leicester seven to two. Did I mention yeah. that already? I no, sorry. I just that's it's a big price, actually. Yeah. Like I, I'm not, I'm not as scared of it as I, as you said it. But can I give you a Chelsea side of things? Yeah. So like, I think four nil. I think probably glossed over a lot. You know, if you just seen the results, Frank Lampard was adamant that one. Now phone new. You know, um, I'm not sure. It was somewhere in between. I think it was right? so counter attack that really. Yeah, if you, if, you look, if you look at the first half there, Chelsea could have had three, four goals easily. And, you know, that might say more about United and don't get too excited, Man United fans, than anything else. Chelsea, though, your worry for them would be just how uh, torn apart they were. You know, like far too much width. You know, like Jose Mourinho actually, like you felt like he was always sticking the knife in, so it was hard to listen to him fully. But he did have some very good analysis as well as to what it was. And that one that would really bother me if I was a Chelsea fan would make me wonder, does Frank Lampard know what he's doing? You know, because you don't know yet. He's not experienced enough for this job. You're just going by, you're hoping that eventually he, he's just one of those guys who will be a great manager. Therefore, maybe the early start won't harm him. But he's not experienced enough for this job. And if you're thinking, oh God, he doesn't know how to set up a team you know, compactly in defence um, so that teams can't just run through the middle of them. Um, you know, that their players are playing yeah. like a four right across the middle, like, you know, in 1982. You're like, oh God, like, are Chelsea going to finish 14th? Whatever. You know, about, uh, yeah. like, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think they'll figure it out. And to be honest, what I was saying, I'm only, obviously it's in jest, we're talking about the Lampard thing. There is that thing that if they finish, you know, bad, say 8th, ninth, 10th, that again, with the players that they have that they're trying to bring through, it may not. It's not the end of the world. I don't think for them. Mm. It's going to take a while to settle in. Did, did you hear what Mourinho Lampard knows he's doing? But what I loved about uh, Mourinho's thing was, was it like Mourinho sort of said to himself, "What can I say here that will annoy Chelsea fans the most?" Yeah. If I start talking about what I'd do and what I would have done, that's going to annoy them. But what's going to annoy them even more? Is if I use Rafa Benitez as the example <laughs> of what you should be doing. I thought that was that was definitely premeditated. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Now he did loads of he did loads of little bits I thought that were that were fascinating. I would have thought that he liked Frank Lampard as well. Like yeah. you know, there's a bit of there's a bit of weirdness there because he was at a, I thought it was very strange where he was talking about uh, you know, if if he's playing Tammy Abraham, 
then it means that he's given up on this season. Because if he just wanted to win now, he wants people to say, oh, look, I have a young team, so the results don't matter. I was like, that's a really interesting look. I don't think into Lampard's mentality, but into Mourinho's. Because he's kind of given, he's sort of given this opinion, you know, that if if if, uh, if I play a young guy, I'm playing with the expectations. It's the only reason I'm doing it. I don't want to bring through anybody for the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what I mean, is in that, if the, what's better for Chelsea? That they finish sixth and Olivier Giroud plays every single game and scores 15 goals or whatever it is, you know, 10 to 15 goals. Or they finish seventh or eighth and Tammy Abraham plays every game. And Mason and, Mount and, yeah. you know. If Hudson Odoi comes back after Christmas and exactly. all these guys, yeah. But anyway, either way. They do need to get a little bit more smart. The, sorry, one more Mourinho thing I really need to bring on. I know we're kind of not, we're, we're, we're looking back rather than building up, but uh, Willian, if he was fit, anybody can play 20 minutes. You don't need to be fit to play 20 minutes. Can't they come on for 20 minutes? But if he can play 20 minutes, he can start the game. <laughs> he can play for an hour. I'm like, eventually, Jose, you need to be actually fit. Hold on a second now. You can't just say, oh, like, and if he can play one game, he can play every game. It's like, so suddenly, uh, can't they? No, not fit at all. Plays 38 games in the Premier League. Yeah, this game, though, uh, we're going to actually, let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's do it, Mick. Let's one, two, look three. back at a 1 2 3. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't look back. Yeah, actually, do no, you know what, Mick? It was terrible. Don't, yeah, don't do it. Don't yeah, do it. No. Uh, we've started playing it. As we said, if, if for anyone who hasn't listened to the podcast, if you're first time listening, Labrooks have a game on labrooks.com called 123, where they will pick three matches from the upcoming weekend's football action. And you can play it for absolutely free. If you correctly predict the score of one of the games, you get a euro free bet. If you correctly predict the score of two of the games, you get a five euro free bet. And if you manage to correctly predict the score of all three games, you will get a 100 euro in cash. Myself and Mick did, did it last week and we did not euro. predict the correct score in any of the games, either of us. We were 0 from 6. Not only that, but we played it among everybody in the offices playing it and everybody bar Dylan Ryan and Morris Brosnan failed to correctly predict the score of one match <laughs> and Morris and Dylan lead the way now on one point in our office table because they correctly predicted the score of Tottenham and Aston Villa where Tottenham won 3-1 I actually uh, changed my mind and went for 3-1 later on but it was too late because I had already sold my soul on this podcast and said 2-1 to sports rather than 3 uh, so this week Mick we have a lot to try and make up okay but we're going to do it we're going to do it I'm going to yeah. start with that chat so we've got Man City and Spurs I've gone 1-0 I've gone 2 you've gone 2, two I'm going to skip to the third game on the list and it's Chelsea against Leicester, which we've just talked about. I already said Leicester City to win. That's 7-2, Mick. It's 4-5 to five both teams to score. I think Leicester are going to win this 2-1. Wow, okay. So I've tried a new tactic this week in that last week I knew what my 1-2 frees were going to be before I came in. This week I'm trying to, you know, it wasn't very successful, all my analysis. So now I'm trying to go with, as you used to say, Mark's Waters. I'm going to go with Mick's Waters this week. And... I can't see Chelsea being as abject at home in Stamford Bridge. However, a lot of travelling over somewhere far away playing the Super, Super Cup, Super Cup. Uh, this week. Um, so they have the extra day, but I can't see them. I think they'll I think they'll draw this one-all. I'm going to go with one-all. One-all. So, yeah. See, it's hard to get the score nailed on, isn't it? Absolutely. That's the fun of the yeah. game. Well, that's it, you see. It's like, like, I mean, I might have got zero points last week, but I did not have fun playing it. Yeah, And also, it's, it's the hanging on for that one euro free bet is like as the consolation in the last game as well. 
<laughs> That's what you're looking for. You have something to play for all the way through the weekend. Uh, the other game on the list is Sheffield United against Crystal Palace. This, to me, has nil-nil written all over it. Oh, yeah. I never go nil-nil. They're way less, um, they're way less uh, prevalent than you think they are. There's way less nil-alls than you think there are. Unless you know, the Republic of Ireland are playing, obviously. Well, obviously, yeah. You know, there was like no gold for like 38 minutes in the 3 o'clock kickoff. Oh, I know well. I was watching. <laughs> I, was, I was following them all. I thought uh, I had the push notifications on for the live score coming in. And I was like, why is my push notifications not working? I'm not getting any notifications here at all. And then it turned out that there were just no goals in any of the games. <laughs> um, I... I'm going to go for a Palace away win in this one, right? So I actually do like Sheffield United. I think they'll figure out the Premier League. They, I was delighted that they got that one-all draw with Bournemouth. It was a great little way to start. I don't. They're not going to be like stranded on no points for a long time. But I do think they'll have to find their way. You know, the more I think about kind of Ollie McBurney and Callum Robinson, who I really I do rate Callum Robinson. I like him. I just wonder where they the type of signings you need to kind of step up to the Premier League whether they're you know and I they were already a kind of a lightweight team they're a very system based team which is fine like because that's you want the type of players who play to a manager system but I don't know if they've got the quality and I think they'll just be a while finding their feet um, because they will have to get that system absolutely nailed on because they probably have the worst group of players in the league so I think Palace might just sneak this 1-0 It's interesting Jeff and I we were discussing this in the office earlier on that like they're a brilliant team for five years ago like, I just wonder as the Premier League moved on, like, you know, that sort of old style British team that you'll get lads who you get as you get compact, you'll scrape the sort of Sam Allardyce uh, type of team. But like, then you say yeah. maybe the Premier League hasn't moved on because you look at Burnley, you look at Crystal Palace, you know, this, I don't want to do them a disservice by simpl- simplifying it like that, although they just get men behind the ball. And yeah, because pa- Sheffield like, United don't do that, actually. That's not the way they play the game at all. Like, they play basically with, you know, Centre backs that can become full backs and full yeah. backs that become cent- attacking central midfielders, and they just have this sort of slot in uh, attacking formation, which is class, like you know, and it's a bit unique as well. Yeah, that's what I mean in terms of that. Uh, it's kind of it's it's too simplistic to look at it like that because it's more their playing base, as in other player other uh, clubs might go, you know, like say um, say you look at Newcastle or someone going further afield to buy Jolinton or someone like that, whereas, you know, Sheffield United, they've bought two strikers. Uh, one's Irish, the other's Scottish. It's that yeah. thing of like... And both of them are actually English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. Sorry, sorry. Both of them English-born. <laughs> uh, but that thing, you know, that it's like, oh, we're going to just lump it up or they sort of the Burnley way. Like we said, Burnley buy Chris Wood. They buy, like Burnley went for a while they were just kept buying the best striker for the championship for yeah. a few seasons. Um Will it still? Does that still work? Look, what have Brighton have done? They've tried to step it up another gear over the summer. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Although Brighton did obviously end up buying the best striker from the championship <laughs> during the summer, so maybe they're not the best example. But anyway, I am going nil nil Sheffield United against Palace. So my selections are Man City one, Spurs nil, Sheffield United nil, Crystal Palace nil, Chelsea one, Leicester City one. Mick, you've gone with City to beat Spurs two nil, Chelsea one, Leicester one, and Sheffield United nil, Crystal Palace one. You can play yourself on labbrooks.com right now. And if you can do any better than that, then make sure to let us know by emailing the gaffer at balls.e. We're going to get Morris in a second, Mick, to talk about GA. But before that, I just want to quickly reflect on what was a difficult opening weekend, I think, for us in fantasy football, both me and you. We got 70, over 70 points, I think, the two of us. But that seemed to be a, a very average score this week. I would have been, thought I was doing great. 70 points. I've got Kane. I've got Salah. I've got John McGinn. 
<laughs> well, that's your problem there, right? I'm going to stop you there, mate. Hold on. Because some did, other people... Did, did John McGinn score this he week? He did, yeah, to be fair. But other people have... Did Kane. I tell you beforehand John McGinn would score you goals? Did, to be fair. <laughs> but other people have Kane, Salah and Raheem Sterling, okay. which is the problem both of us have. Yeah. And then some of the people in the office have Sterling and Salah and don't have Kane, you know, either or. They're going to get away with it again this week, I think. If you don't have Kane, you might, Sterling probably would end up scoring against Spurs knowing our luck. But uh, <laughs> it's there are some things that we know. There's like a lot of stuff. There's a lot of unknowns going into a fantasy league season. And some would argue that you might be better off just sitting out the first week and starting from scratch in week two and you can just have a clean slate and you know where everybody's going to fit and yeah. who's playing where. Uh, first of all, Anthony Martial is up front. Marcus Rashford seems to be slotting in behind him. They are interchanging. But from a fantasy football term... Martial looks like the value person there because he's a midfielder who's possibly going to be up as a striker. Yeah. Now, there is the other problem that he is also Anthony Martial and he could be injured soon or you know, United could drop, maybe United are uh, Lack of giving form. a false hope to everybody about beating Chelsea 4-0 on the Here's opening a, day. A quick question, a quick, I'm going to take things out of fancy football for two seconds. Has another player in the history of squad numbers, so you're going back how long now, about 25 years, ever had the number nine, lost it and then got it back again? Because Tony Marshall's back wearing the number nine for Manchester United this season. Yeah, I don't. I can't answer you that, Mick. I have. I don't know, I, let's put it out to our listeners. You know, we'll be giving away two cakes and a sporting autobiography later. Uh, later. I've no prize for this one, but I, I would like you to let us know: Has anybody ever reclaimed the squad number that they've lost? We ran a fantasy football clinic on Friday. People were tweeting and Instagram was in, and all the teams giving them advice for all those who I said. Don't buy Lundstrom for four million because he won't play because Sheffield United bought a midfielder, even though he's a defender playing in midfield for them. I would like to apologise because Lundstrom, <laughs> of course, did start and <laughs> got a clean sheet. Um, a lot, a lot of these teams, uh, and this is something to watch for, is that you can't really make any decisions on some of these guys until week three or four. Yeah. Because I'm just looking even at Villa for a start, like you know the two full backs that they brought in, they played all the way through preseason, and everybody assumed we're going in Gilbert and uh, Target. And then he went back with El Mohamedy and Neil Taylor. Like that surprised even the most ardent of Villa fans and so on and so forth. That kind of that like, you know, that happened across the team really. And it I think if you if you look at a lot of the teams, um, you know, that started on last weekend, it was the same thing. They're going with the tried and trusted. A lot of these guys, very short preseason, you know, they're just in there a couple yeah, of days. Exactly. They haven't started, they haven't blended in yeah. case in point are Crystal Palace because Martin Kelly started in central defence you He's, told me he definitely wouldn't you made me get rid of him out of my team yeah but I still am going to I think I'm going to be proven right with that one because Gary Cahill is not going to sit on the bench all season he's going to come into that team and start <laughs> and Scott Dan is the other centre back who's top quality uh, also Jordan are you, are you started up front for Crystal Palace which is interesting because he's a 5 million striker starting but then of course you've got the elephant in the room Wilfred Zaha who came off the bench so he's probably going to take are you's place so again like we're saying take this with a pinch of salt just maybe sit it out this week if you don't sorry i think you, you forgot his full name there you didn't use his full name it's want away striker wilfred oh, zaha sorry, yeah. striker wilfred zaha uh but and you see that the thing apparently he was uh there was a big team meeting about him and i saw uh andros townsend tweet now go this categorically did not happen <laughs> um, but if you're in a good position i think the obvious one for you if you own harry kane sell him for a week and get in the bamiyang uh, Arsenal are playing Burnley in the 12.30 kickoff on Saturday if not you have a lot of stuff to do it's it's too late giving you this advice now because I've already been screwed by it but do not underestimate 
the importance of of jumping on value and not losing value in the early parts of the season. So if you were like me and you bought Allison and had saw oh, I have Allison too. Yeah, so I'll be taken off. There's my transfer uh, this season for week. a medium term injury. Then you're already screwed because Allison has gone down in value. He's five point nine. And then if you're also like me and wait until today to do it, uh, Ederson has gone up in value, and I replaced Allison with Ederson, and he's now six point one. So what would have been a straight swap a day ago is now costing me an extra 0.22 million. Anthony Martial, we just talked about him being really good value in midfield. He's now gone up to 7.6. Again, I waited to do, get rid of Bernardo Silva and do that. I waited for uh, Martial to go up in price. So he cost me an extra 0.1 million. So now I've lost 0.3 million in the space of a few days. But does that actually make any difference in your transfer? It's it not really. Re- it does. It's really important. Like, you, you need to get value because everything, it ends up affecting you everywhere else. So I had 0.5 million in the bank before I did those and now I only have 0.2 million in the bank so say I go to try and bring in Sterling now in a week or two he's actually costing me 0.3 million extra even though it doesn't say it you know on the price he might still be 12.5 million or whatever but he's probably not he's going to go up in price but uh, (laughs) it's costing me 0.3 million really metaphorically because I've I had 0.3 there saved to get him in and now it's just gone okay I think we've had enough uh, fancy football mats for one week I think we we take your point though. Yeah, let's uh, get in. Let's t- Don't stop dance talking around. Let's stop talking about science and tactics, Mick, and get to something that's just pure and honest. It's time for Morris Brosnan to come in and preview the All Ireland hurling final. Morris Brosnan, host of the Three Man Weave GA podcast. Welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me, lads. You excited? Very. Yeah. What a weekend! Isn't it a weird weekend in that it's Wednesday and. The general consensus is still reflected on the referee for a game in three weeks as opposed to an Ireland final, which is on Sunday. Yep. That's because this whole country only cares about football. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, everybody's already really looking forward to and excited about the hurling final, despite the coverage in the media about uh, the, the football referee. Agendas. Uh, we're going into this. Morris, obviously, has also uh, chuffed himself after his uh, tips came off oh, from last week. What a, uh, what a week he had. Exactly, but uh, everybody's already really excited for that. But I'm going to get us first of all hyped about something else that you may not be paying attention to. It's that part of the show where one of us has been tasked with looking at a sporting event that nobody's paying attention to and get the rest of us hyped for it. So when you see Trey, a DJ on the mic, ask what it's like. It's like we're getting hyped tonight. Cause this is actually a pretty big event Mick, this weekend. Yeah, that's coming up. That a few people are paying attention to this. But Morris, if you're like me, and I think you are. You'd describe yourself as a majors golf fan, would you? You you know, you, you you pay attention, you know everything that's going on in golf, especially coming around the major time, but you might not watch that much of it outside of the big four. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely in that bracket. Yeah, you're exactly that bracket. So I'm tasked, I think you're probably already hyped for this, Mick. No, I'm, I'm in that bracket for the last three or four years just due to time constraints and having to get yeah. up in the mornings exactly. and not being able to watch on. American golf on at one o'clock in the morning anymore. The BMW <laughs> Championship is on this weekend, lads. It's on right now. It's starting on a Thursday. Uh and it's in Medina County, Chicago. It's the last tournament before the FedEx Cup, which is the Tour Championship, which has kind of been, you know, that was always an interesting one. It was, you know, we, obviously it's a big, it's a big money uh, pot for any of the players and that there was, there's always these confusing things with points and going up and going down and you the last game of the championship, can you get enough points from winning it? To, Baffling. Exactly, yeah. to get yourself top of the table. They've reformatted it this year, right? And, it makes it makes things very very interesting now from both from an Irish point of view and in general. So, the field has been cut down. 
the Tour Championship is obviously the big one, but to get there, you have to be in the top 30 going into it. And this is the last chance any golfer can, uh, golfers that are still in the running can make can make the big bust to get into that 30, top 30 by winning the BMW Championship or doing well in it this weekend. So there are a couple. Obviously, Shane Lowry is the big one for us. He is currently 25th in the rankings. So he needs a decent performance this weekend. He is uh, 71, 71 in Ladbrokes to win it. But he doesn't even just need to win it. He needs to just sneak in, you know, get in there. But the higher up he can get in, the better. Because it's not, it's changed up format this year. So the Tour Championship. So you follow me this far, Vars? I am much so far, This yeah. is almost like the semi-final getting into the, before the final, right? The Tour Championship will be different this year. The formatting me, will be that when you go in, as before you go into it, wherever you are ranked uh, for the, in the FedEx Cup, it, they're going to give you a, a stroke advantage. So if you are top of the standings going into the Tour Championship, you will start that tournament on 10 under par. So no surprises, Brooks, Ke- Brooks Kepka is currently top of those standings. So he would start, if, if it was as, as of today, he would start on, minus, on 10 under. Whoever finishes second, which is currently Patrick Reed, would be 8 under. Mm. Rory McIlroy <laughs> is in third at the minute. He would start the Tour Championship on 7 under, 4th, 6 under, and so on and so forth. So with uh, Shane Lowry at 25th at the minute would mean he'd start on 1 under. If he drops a place to 26th going into that uh, Tour Championship, he starts on even par. If he can get into the top 20, he'll start on 2 under. So there is a lot to play for, even if you're only moving up a few Also, places. after a while, it starts being in bursts of a few lads on level yeah, par, a exactly. few lads on 1 under. It's fascinating. That's actually really interesting. It's yeah, and there's so much can change. So go on, Mick. Now, you've also just like lost over something at the start you said that it's on in Medina Medina County Chicago like that was no big deal one of the most famous golf tournaments in the history of golf happened at uh, that golf course the Miracle at Medina you might remember yes Medi- I feel like you said it wrong and now I can't remember what it's actually called <laughs> Medina I think Medina. it is yeah I was thinking of, I was thinking of uh, what is the Medina that the uh, you go from Mecca to Medina <laughs> Medina to Mecca so I should say the Miracle at Medina was uh, the the time when Europe came back on the Sunday in like the most ridiculous Ryder Cup of all time. Uh, I think it was 2009. I'm throwing out dates. 2010. I think, no, 2012. <laughs> it was 100% 2012. And it was, without a doubt, one of the best sporting occasions I ever, ever remember. I remember being out on that Sunday night watching it out of the corner of my eye with a load of kind of non-sports people who were absolutely by the end of it when i just stopped pretending i was watching it and outwardly started watching it and explaining it these four or five people got so hooked on this golf tournament which by the way like it's still no matter even if it's a Ryder cup and it's 12 singles and all it's still happening in a kind of a slow pace yeah in compare comparison to other sporting events and everybody got so hooked so i think that a lot of people will actually tune in this weekend and kind of have memories of that uh that tournament as well like you know exactly and the other thing is that kepka actually has poor form in the BMW Championship. And there's a website called sportsline.com uh, and they simulate these big golfing tournaments 10,000 times before the tournament's played and have actually correctly predicted two of the last three majors, including Gary Woodland to win the US Open as well. So they they have form in this kind of thing and getting things right and they don't predict, they predict that Kepka is not going to do well and one person they actually uh big up is Hideki Matsuyama who is currently 30, thir- 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 30 this is a very hard thing for an Irish person to say 33rd in the rankings for the FedEx Cup so he needs a good tournament to get into that, that top 30 they think he's going to do very well and he is currently 45 to 1 on Ladbrokes can I um, 
offer some individual experience to counter some data to counter sports science uh, analysis there i drew him in the office recently <laughs> yeah and in the open championship in the sweepstakes and he let me down entirely so I'm just saying, putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. Hideki Matsuyama was my go-to each way bet for years. Every so tournament. He got too good that people actually, that the odds are coming in him. But every Masters, I was like, oh, Matsuyama, Matsuyama. And he was always reliable. And I'm going back. I'm going back. <laughs> I've abandoned him for a while. But this weekend, I've seen that. I'm really hyped now for this uh, BMW Championship. I know most golf fans already are. But if you're just a general fan, it's so exciting to see who's going to turn out where. And I'm really, I'm really, really hyped for the Tour Championship. <laughs> but uh, I think what price is Matsuyama? Matsuyama is 45 to 1. Uh, Larry 70 to 1. Kepka 8 to 1, but going by Sportsline doesn't look like good value. Right, okay. I'm hyped. Are you, Mars? I'm very hyped, yeah. Particularly knowing what's on the line now. Is this like, is this Shane Lowry's or Burn Cup? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is he still on the post yeah. Ireland hangover? That, given if, that if you win fi- 10 mi- 15 million, 15 million. million. <laughs> the winner of the Tour Championship gets 15 million. There's a prize pot of 70 million. So, uh, no, I think Larry's going to be uh, interested <laughs> in this one. I wouldn't grasp it the, as the award cup. Money isn't everything, Mark. Yeah, exactly. I was in Clara when first and now he's homecoming and he got up onto the stage, he got off his bus, was paraded to the street, got up on the stage, spoke on stage, came off the stage, did media, went in for pictures and did more media, and then just at that point, he got stopped to do another interview, and said quite loud, let's have him able to get to the toilet once, since I got here. <laughs> so, given those sort of scenes that he's exposed to yet, I don't know if he's been to the toilet since. I, ho- <laughs> I hope I, so. I hope so. <laughs> but I don't know what kind of form he's coming into in this. <laughs> Should we talk a bit of hurling? Let's do hurling. Unfortunately, the BMW Championship means that Shane Lowry is probably going to miss the All-Ireland Hurling Final, Morris. Oh, he'll find a way. He'll find a way. Uh, will he suitably, will he, will he purposely get knocked out? <laughs> can you miss the cut in an event with no cut? I don't think you can. <laughs> You're going to have to do it some other way. You'd have to go to the toilet and never come back. Uh, Morris, you're here to tell us what's going to happen in this weekend's All-Ireland Final. So, go on, do it. Um, I don't know. No. <laughs> well, the love of God, Morris, you had one job <laughs> brought you in for just this exact point. But uh, I think, like, you were talking about getting hyped there. I can't not wait for this game. I think it's a nice starting point in terms of that as as just for what a rivalry that is, will end up defining uh, my hurling life, really. And um, we'll continue to do so after this, I think. It's also nice that it's Sheedy against Cody. Like, last week, we I Mick mentioned earlier that... Uh, the two bets that we tipped came off three bets three bets sorry that we tipped came off and I would just say like you will have those kind of weeks where I think there's a load of value in a a shot like Mayo halftime done in full time but I think this is a different scenario because it's like it's two highly primed heavyweights who are very very close to each other so trying to find a big odds bet within that I think might be like you're hoping for a lot there. I think there there is certain there is still value, but it's not going to be a what nine to two. I think was what that bet was last week. It's not or going to be anywhere near that. Half time, double full time. Yeah, exactly. So like when you look at a game like this, uh, just even in terms of an analysis perspective, Kilkenny's as a defensive team have been very interesting this year. So they're going to you look at the the Limerick game and they're this savage tackling and incredible intensity and the swarm that we all talk about and they're well able to drop lines and do things like that but at the same time 
Patrick Horgan scored three goals against this Kilkenny team. Galway scored three, Mick, uh, in the Leinster Championship, and it could have been five. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it really could have been five. Um, you look at the a starting back line of, it'll be like prob- Hugh Lawler would probably start in fullback. You're going to have Joey Holden and Murphy. Of those three, Lawler would probably take Callanan. I don't know how that matchup really goes. Uh, the same problem that has been posed for a lot of teams this year is how do you face off against the rest of those Tipperary forwards so if Bubbles is in the centre forward that's a nightmare for Park Walsh who has tended to drop off and trying to do the the Tommy Walsh role of holding the centre and letting his man float that's fine if you're marking Kyle Hayes who's going to drift out the field and try and like Kyle Hayes ended up being detailed on uh, TJ Reid there's no fear of O'Dwyer or McGrath whoever ends up in that kind of centre role of doing that they're going to go out to attack I don't know if you can evolve that quickly to combat that. At the same time, Tipperary have got TJ Reid and they got Walter Walsh and they've got pretty potent as well and Wexford scored three goals against Tipperary. Where I'm going with this anyway, lads. Last <laughs> Let me guess. There's going to be goals. There's going to be and goals. Colin, Colin Fenley is probably playing the best hurling of his career as well and he's a natural goal scorer. So I think by our Gaelic Games hurling previews in the PlayStation 2, Fenley's going to get four goals in this. He's, well, get, he's a goal machine. Four goals is what I think. I think four goals is actually bang on. I think that there's, there's <laughs> the science behind that. Uh, no, well, not Fenley now. <laughs> so four goals is exactly what the spell was asking. I'd say it's about even money for four goals. I think that's like there's a. I think that is a good. If it is in around that, I think that's a good bet. Make, I think. Tell us yeah, what it is. Yeah, it's actually we've got individual goals up until four, and then it's four or more. Is. So you've got a little bit of leeway there for a, a, a nutcase of a game, and that's four to five. So that's actually, if you think four on its own is is about evens, then four to five for four or more isn't like you know yeah. if that's what you think is going to happen, it does it does allow you the kind of the hat trick or you know or whatever the the kind of five six goal game. If as well. you, you you probably say, would you argue that it's probably more likely to be wrong? on the big end and wrong on the small end and that there might be a case like you'd be worried there may be more than four yeah like, yeah, exa- that, that allays all those fears exactly yeah ex- precisely and at the same time like even if you look at these games I think 2013 is the last time that Tipperary didn't score a goal the the, the famous qualifier game against um, against Kilkenny but since then I can't really think of uh, any other examples even if you look at it like there are games when Kilkenny and Tip or sorry, this year when goals have been at a premium, but they're not this kind of game. Like uh, this, you will see, uh, it's funny, you talk about like fire with fire. I think that's what you will see in a game like this. Like you will see this savage working half forward line from Kenny drop deep and try and suffocate this all-star temporary forward line. But that opens up, like by doing that, if either tip follow them up or they don't and get suffocated and then there's a huge amount of space in front of Fenley um, you've got John Donnelly and Adrian Mullen on the wings who are putting in incredible shifts but are also really potent in terms of their scoring ability TJ Reid is not a bad man to get a goal either I think there's enough variables that even if you try and counter one fire as far as elsewhere that uh, goals could be a definite possibility the other, this is a really simple thing this is a special that I, uh, I saw in Adbox earlier and I kind of can't understand it for this like the big question is who you're going to tip in this game and in reality it's so hard to pick like it's just these are two what's the first rule of podcasting Morris never, you're the one that told me this <laughs> first rule of the, the podcast club is never ever write off Brian Cody um, that's not something we've done this year I don't think um, regular right. listeners will know that's not true <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, right, so... Kilkenny just aren't that good a team anymore. We have to get out of this Brian Cody <laughs> thing, you know. Brian Cody's actually done a great job to get them within 15 points of Galway, you know. Yeah. But it's, right, so even if <laughs> even if you, you fancy Tipperary and they're all-star attacking team, like, do you think, would you ever foresee an example if they were to win this, where, if you were to f- preview this game, do you see a case where Tipperary hammer or Tip, no. Tipperary hammer Kilkenny? Absolutely not. Also, on basis of, if you look at the Munster final... And you say, right, Tipperary, you know, Limerick handed Tipperary a bit of a scutcheon come the end. And then look what Kilkenny, like, I, it's good. if you went before the Ireland semi-final and you went, Kilkenny are going to play, you don't know what semi-final end up, they're going to play either Tipperary or Limerick. Who's more likely to beat Kilkenny? He'd say Limerick. And yet, look, look where Kilkenny are, look where Limerick are. So you can't really be any more confident than you would have been going into a semi-final that Tipperary are going to hammer and in terms of that scutcheon or whatever, if you want to think about the way Limerick played tip off the park in the Munster final, Wexford gave Kilkenny just as much of beaten in theory later on that day. And there was like two or three points between them at the end of the Kilkenny don't get hammered. They just don't. Yeah. They'll hang around like, you know. Exactly. Which yeah. is why uh, four points or a draw at 8 to 11 is like that. I That's a match special for this game. I'll, I'll For any team. For, yeah, like four four point four, four points margin or a draw. I like I think eight or eleven is short enough price. Is but that I mean four points or less or four points exactly. No, four or less, four or less or a draw. That's that's the like. Are you telling me that you see either of these teams winning by more than four? Regardless of who you t- fancy, like if you do fancy Tip, do you see Tip winning by more than four? No, like, it's unless a game gets away, like with a couple of late goals or something like that. When a team is chasing, it's the only way that's going to happen, really. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it'll be two or three points, like. Exactly, yeah. I would strongly uh, think that's what it'll be. So I, I think there's, um, there still is value in in a bet like that, like, the, and that's because the teams are not like the, the reason that I'm so looking forward to this game is they're actually so well suited to each other. I'm not talking about the there's the Cody and Sheedy angle, which will I think is is great, and it's two just like bulldogs on the sideline who you know embody their teams and won't give an inch. On the field, I think there's enough really nice matchups that I, I I think these two teams like what's the thing we always styles make fights styles make fights and I think these are two really even styles and for that reason I think that regardless of which way it goes, don't write off Brian Cody don't forget that but I think it'll be very <laughs> close. <laughs> I just want to uh, mention just one other thing that I think is worth everybody looking at if you, if you're if you're looking at this game at all. Seamus Callan to score a goal at any time in this game is four to five, right? Like it sounds terrible. Like doesn't that sound awful odds for a guy to get a goal in a game? But he's scored in every game. He's the best goal scorer probably in the history of the game. He will get a chance at some stage in the seventy minutes, and you'll trust him to get it. That's funny. I'm watching old Kilkenny uh, tip games at the moment. I watched the 2014 replay where uh, Seamus Callan got two five on the losing team. Uh, he just does. You know, it doesn't even necessarily mean the tip are going to win. He's just someone that will manage that. And I think him at four to five is a really really good bet. By the way, looking at all those games. And if anybody feels a little bit kind of like, oh, we had Limerick and Galway and we had Galway winning the All-Ireland before that and now we're back to Kilkenny and Tip again, I can't believe it, right? I'm going to have a piece up either later today or on Friday um, ranking all of the best, uh, all of all of the All-Ireland finals these teams have played since 2009. There's been five finals, six, six matches, if you include the replay in 2014. And needless to say, I've got a little bit carried away. I've written a lot more than I wanted to, and I've watched nearly all of the games, and I am so bloody excited about this weekend now because <laughs> I'll tell you one thing about these two. It is a boring lineup for an All-Ireland final, but it's not a boring matchup. It's yeah. kind of what Morris is talking about. These two teams have never let us down, and they're some of the greatest games in the history 
of the game of hurling have been played between them and actually they're gonna I just think it's gonna be another notch again this weekend. Yeah, we'll be getting into those individual matchups later on in the week on the Three Man Weave podcast. So make sure to listen to that if you want some more in-depth preview of the final. Uh, before uh, we move off, I uh, just want to mention as well that Labrooks will be give, putting a one euro drop, uh, one euro free bet drop into everybody's Labrooks account on the morning of the of the hurling final. So whatever one of those bets uh, catch your eye, maybe worth the maybe worth will be worth a flutter, Maris. Which one would you be saying is most likely to come in? Uh, uh, I, the four points or less, or sorry, four points less or a draw. Um, I I would say it was, it's probably not. I I let's say four goals. I'd hope for four goals. Four goals, although it, with a one euro free bet. And if Callan gets one of them, should throw it on a double. <laughs> <laughs> with a one euro free bet, though, I think I might go for something a bit bigger. I don't know what I'm going to say. Brain Cody to the type loot. of thing you'd put in a big shout. Brain Cody to score. Uh, yeah, Brain Cody to score the winning goal. But the big speaking of the big shout, uh, Mick, you've been tasked this week. We're coming up with a bet that is. Uh, 25 to 1 or greater as part of our weekly big shout. Right, hold it. Just hold it, Alan. Push him out. Steady. David, don't. Get round. No, don't. Bloody. So last week I was tasked with the big shout and I went for a, a treble of James Collins to score any time uh, against Cardiff for Luton Town. Dan Crowley to score for Birmingham City against Bristol City and Callum Robinson to score against Bournemouth. Uh, that came in at almost 43 to 1. Just looking back at that, James Collins did not score against Cardiff. Dan Crowley did not score against Bristol City. And Callum Robinson did not score against Bournemouth. So I don't think it could have went any worse in retrospect. <laughs> so Mick, you don't have a tough task to follow uh, this week in terms of what I predicted. But more interestingly, I got an email in, we got an email in from Porrick O'Loughlin, who uh, has decided on the prize that we're going to have for this segment, Mick, right? He emailed us saying, my big shout for this weekend is for the Liverpool versus Norwich City game. I'm calling 4-3 to Liverpool at 125-1. to 1. Looking forward to two cakes and a sports biography for this shout. <laughs> <laughs> now, Porrick was much closer than I was in getting his uh, big shout right because it finished Liverpool 4, Norwich 1. So he's only actually two goals out. But that has, we said that people should send, us, send them in. And we're going to formalise it now. Yeah. If you have a big prediction, a big shout, if you will, Email the gaffer at balls.e or tweet us at balls, D-I-T-I-E, uh, or in, private message us on Instagram or Facebook. If you do it before Wednesday, we will mention it on the show. We will give it as our big shout for the weekend. However, you can keep doing it throughout the week, uh, but you just won't get the, the shout out on air unless but you actually end up winning it. You might win the prize, which is now officially, we were kind of messing last week, messing around. I think Porrick has made it official now. The prize, if you get any big shout, which is over 25 to 1, you call it, you will win from us two cakes and a sports autobiography so Mick what's your big shout this week oh yeah for my two cakes and a sports autobiography I've gone a bit higher than 25 to 1 here it's gone up it's almost 50 to 1 it's 40 uh, it's high <laughs> it's 49.84 to 1 right so we'll call, will we call it 50 we'll call sure it 50. we will right I've gone look to be honest I'm looking for some sort of wild like you know I was looking at the golf and then you kind of did it as the get hyped. So and that's the kind of place where you can get a, a good 30, yeah. 31 shot or something. So what I've done is I've mixed in a little bit of a, a mini foot Premier League accumulator with a little bit of All-Ireland Hurling Final action because that's what we're going to be watching over the weekend. So to start off with, I think Arsenal are going to beat Burnley. I think Aston Villa are going to beat Bournemouth. Of course you do. Of course I do. Sorry, but you know, they got to get off the mark now. That's a, they they got to... Um, solidified their good start against Spurs with actual points on, on the board. I think Everton are going to beat Watford. Watford the, the beaten 3-0 at the weekend. I think Liverpool are going to beat Southampton. And I think Manchester City are going to beat Tottenham. 
So don't like having Tottenham on the other side of an accumulator <laughs> bet. But I like this so far. I'm go. not sure, sure about Villa, but apart from that, I like it. Okay, right. So that's five bets up. And then to top it up, I mentioned Seamus Callanan to score any time is four to five. I very much like that. I'm going to go a little bit further. I'm going to go all in here. Seamus Callanan, first goal scorer in the All-Ireland Hurling Final on Sunday, four to one. And that brings us up to 50 to one. It's a big shout, lads. It's a big, big shout. It's not a, It's an interesting one, though. I think, funnily enough, that seems much more likely to happen than my 43 to one big shout from last week. <laughs> But yeah, you I, would think so. Exactly. But lads, that is it from us this week. Uh, like we said, if you want to get in touch with the show, email us at the gaffer at Boss Send us your big shouts, send us your feedback, send us whatever you want. Uh, you can also, of course, message us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. If you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe to Boss.e podcast. And obviously, we will always ask, please do rate and review the show. It would really mean a lot to us. And until next week, thank you for listening. Thank you.